Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. So I wanted to go over why I believe a stock market crash is coming. And I'm not just saying it's my opinion or I'm not just saying that I've got this feeling that the storm clouds are on the horizon. No, absolutely not. I'm backing this up with data. So let's go first and foremost to a chart that I just posted on Twitter. And this is the 10-year treasury minus the two-year. So the yield on the 10-year minus the yield on the two-year treasury. Now, for those of you who watch my videos, you know where I'm going with this. For those of you who are new to the channel, I'll give you a quick review. When the yield curve inverts, we know that's a bad sign. When the two-year, excuse me, or the 10-year treasury yield goes under the two-year. But that's not usually when the stuff hits the fan, so to speak. When the stuff hits the fan is when the curve uninverts. And I'm almost sure that's not a word, but <laughs> that's that's the best uh, word that I can make up to describe when the curve is no longer inverted, when it starts to steepen out to the point where it's no longer inverted. That's when you usually see the big problem, the tsunami that the yield curve is warning is coming at you at 500 miles per hour. That's when it normally hits the shore. And that's when you need to be ultra prepared. All right. And so to illustrate my point, let's look at this chart. And you can see these gray lines are the recessions. And it's, it gets a little murky here in 1980, but we actually, Josh and I went back and looked at this prior to the 1970s as well. And with the exception of uh, a couple of them, you see this consistently where the yield curve uninverts the twos and the tens prior to the stuff hitting the fan. But to get a visual here, we can see right, we'll call this 1990-ish. You can see when the curve inverts, then when it uninverts, then we get the recession. Call it 2000, inverts, uninverts, recession. Same thing during the JFC, same thing during the Cerveza sickness. And like I said, if you looked at the last, call it 10 or 11 recessions, you would see this in nine or 10 of them. Very high percentage. So now that begs the question, you all know the yield curve is wildly inverted, but is it steepening? Okay, let's go to the two-year treasury as of, actually, let's start with the 10-year treasury. As of this morning, so 8.15 Eastern time, it was right around 3.3%. Okay, where is the two-year treasury? For that, I'm going to go to the actual chart, and we can see, that, and this is just a five-day chart of the two-year treasury, it's hovering right around 3.75. So why is that a big deal? Because just about a week ago, or a little longer, the delta between the two-year and the 10-year was like 120 basis points. Now, that two-year is screaming down towards the 10-year to the point where now it's only 30 or 40 basis points away. And this morning, it got real close. Look at what happened this morning at the open. That yield went from 3.7 all the way down to 3.61. So at this point, the... Delta was maybe 20 or 30 basis points. And it's the same thing where I, my base case, and again, no certainties, only probabilities here. 
I'm just talking about the base case here with what's going to happen with the yield curve and what's going to happen with the stock market. I need to make sure we're clear. But my base case here is this will play out just like the initial inversion. And I'm sure you guys remember from watching my videos, we were talking about this, what, nine months ago, when that 10-year dipped below the two-year, it, 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 it gradually goes down, goes up, goes down, goes up. It gets closer and closer and closer, but doesn't go down in a straight line. And then it inverts, and then it kind of pops back up and steepens a bit. And then it just gradually spends more and more time inverted to the point where then it's just constantly inverted. And I think it's going to be the exact same thing on the way up. And that's where we need to really get concerned. As prudent investors, you need to be hyper-focused on the two-year yield and how close it's getting to the 10-year. And if that two-year goes beneath the 10-year, that's when we've got the alarm bells. So you say, George, who cares? That's about a recession. I've got my 401k. I've got my IRA. I'm in the stock market. All I care about is whether or not whether or not that goes down. Sure, the yield curve is predicting that the Fed's going to lower rate, but who cares? Whenever the Fed lowers rates or whenever we get a recession, does who knows? The stock market could skyrocket or the stock market could go down. We don't know, but the Fed's put is there, you know, yada, yada, yada. This is the argument that you get. And people should be, even sophisticated investors should be very alert here. They should be on high alert because so many people have a large percentage of their net worth tied up in certain ETFs. You know, again, going back to that 401k, the IRA. All right, so let's go back in time, as my good buddy Simon Black says, and let's look at some historical figures. Let's look at past recessions and see if the stock market went up or down and by what percentage. So then we can determine the probabilities of A, the stock market going down if we do get a recession, if the yield curve is, is accurate. And then, and then if it does go down, what's our average? What, what can we expect based on historical standards? So Josh, hat tip to him, he crunched all these numbers for us this morning. And he actually crunched them two ways. And I think you guys are going to find this fascinating. So first, what he did, going back to 1960, is he looked at the S&P 500 at the beginning of the recession. So the beginning of that shaded line. And this is all straight from the Fed. And then he subtracted where the S&P bottomed out during the recession. And by the way, it always went down. And then he uh, took the percentage of decline. So from the start of the recession in 1960 to the trough that, that where the stock market bottomed out and then started to go back up, I don't know where that was, 60 or 61, it went down by 3.5%. Fast forward, 1969, it went down by 22.4%. October 1973, down by 41.3%. January of 5.4. Now, another thing that Josh, if you could prepare this, if you've got this on your computer, I'd appreciate it because Josh did these two spreadsheets, but he also looked at the PE ratio because I think it's very important to say, okay, well, the stock market went down by 5.4% in January, 1980, but what was the PE ratio like? Because if the PE ratio for the S&P 500 was, let's say 10, is that really an apples to apples comparison 
to today when it's at, let's say, 25, right? There's a lot more downside <laughs> when it's at 25 than when it's at five. Now, we move forward to 1990. We're at 14, 01, 16, 07, 50%, 50, February of 2020, down 19.8. And you guys know that at certain points, it went down by a heck of a lot more than that. And you say, George, see, that's the Fed put. They're just going to do QE again, and the stock market's going to go to the moon. Oh, really? Well, let's go back to March of 2020, and let's remember that when the Fed came out with that emergency meeting where they dropped rates down to 0%, they announced QE infinity, they committed up to a trillion dollars a day in repo. What did the stock market do? Did it rip higher? No. The next day, the stock market was down by like 1,500 points. And it continued to go down and down and down. The Fed put had expired. So what brought the stock market back up? When did it turn? That's when the government announced the CARES Act. And what was it? $5 trillion in deficit spending? So you may say to yourself, okay, George, well, that's going to happen again. Maybe. But is that going to happen at, with inflation at 6%? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So another spreadsheet that I think you guys will really find interesting and because, you know, you can't really determine a recession. You know, when are we in a recession? Is that today? Is that tomorrow? Is that in a month? Because it's kind of looking in the rearview mirror because you've got to wait until the central planners basically tell you that, oh, this is when a recession started. Usually it's when you start to see a significant uptick in unemployment. But I thought a better measurement something that we can actually quantify and see in real time is when the yield curve uninverts, to use that non-word <laughs> once again. So meaning when that two-year goes below the 10-year after being inverted significantly, using that as a starting point and then using the low point in the stock market, how much of a decline do we usually see? So in 1960, that was 4%, roughly. Now, you've got NA, not applicable, in 1969 and 1980. Why? We couldn't measure it because the uninversion came actually at the end of the time frame that was the central planners allocated to the recession. So we can only go based on if that uninversion is before or just right at the beginning. So fast forward to 1973, and we see a similar number that we saw up here, 41.3%. 1982, 12, 98, 20, uh, 2000, excuse me, we had 21%. 2007, 51, survey sickness, 13. So I would assume that 
if the government can't come out with a CARES Act 2.0 because their hands are tied because of inflation, and you've got to assume that the Fed put may or may not be expired, probably doesn't have as much weight as it held in earlier decades that and especially because the PE was a heck of a lot is a heck of a lot higher now than it has been at other times within this spreadsheet I would just ballpark it at going down by another probably 20 or 30%. So again is this a certainty? Absolutely not. We have no idea what's going to come our way even tomorrow. But this is my base case and I I don't know that I'd say that this is a prediction but it's it's pretty darn close uh, to the point where right now I'm having Josh look at how cheap or expensive buying puts are on the S&P 500. Now, to be clear, I'm not doing that right now. So don't go out and buy puts on the S&P 500 because George Gammon is doing it. And if I choose to pull the trigger there, I'll be doing it with the model portfolio that I have in Rebel Capitalist Pro, which is the investment website that we run with Lynn Alden and uh, Chris McIntosh. And you guys can check that out at georgegammon.com forward slash pro if you want to. But the main takeaway here is, number one, we've got that yield curve quickly uninverting. That two-year going straight down to the 10-year. We need to be hyper-focused on when that line in the sand is actually crossed. And then if you want to determine you know, what's a probable outcome for the stock market, you need to look at these numbers. And I would suggest looking at the uh, taking this bottom spreadsheet because that's the start of when the curve uninverts to the trough in the actual S&P 500. And you've got to compare that to other times. You've got to compare the PE ratios. What was the PE ratio in 1960? What was the drawdown? Same thing with 73. Do that every single year. And then I think you can have a pretty good idea as to what we should expect throughout the rest of 2023, assuming that history plays out in a similar way. And again, we're not betting on certainties. We're just betting on probabilities. And when you look at macroeconomics, I think one of the most powerful indicators, if not the most powerful indicator, is the inversion and then the uninversion at <laughs> George's made up word word of the yield curve. Josh, do you have those stats, those PE stats up by chance? Yeah, yeah, everything's up right now. Okay, so what are our PE ratios? Okay, so the PE 1960 when we had that drawdown of basically 4%, PE for the S&P was 16. So then you can see when we had bigger drawdowns like uh, 2000, 2007. You don't have 2000 in there, Josh. It was around like 22, 21% or 21. Yeah, it makes sense that it would be high. So we had a bigger drawdown 2000. So I'm assuming that the PE ratio was higher then. PE ratio definitely higher just prior to the GFC. And we had our biggest drawdown on record of 51%. So again, I think that you should kind of take these numbers, crunch them, maybe make your own spreadsheet, and then you can determine that what you think the probabilities are, that A, we go into a recession, I think the probability of that is extremely high, B, how far you think that drawdown in the S&P 500 is going to be, understanding that almost every single recession we have had going back to the 1950s, the stock market from the beginning of that recession has declined uh, in most times in a very significant manner. And I know that's very important, uh, regardless of whether you've got cash in the sidelines waiting to deploy or 
maybe you've got an IRA and a lot of people have that 401k and they're kind of wondering, you know, what percentage of cash should I be in? What percentage should be allocated? I can't give you individual investment advice, but I think that you can use this information to hopefully make better decisions throughout the rest of 2023. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism, and we'll see you in the next video.